Hello and welcome back to Sitting in Jams. This is episode six you're listening to, and today we are going to be answering another question sent in from us on Instagram. But before we go there, I'm going to ask a question around to the team. Get us on our toes. So the question of the week. This could be a new feature actually for the podcast, where like someone asks what the question of the week is, and it's just like we don't know in advance. So the question of the week is going to be, what is how's your week been? But like tell us a highlight of your week. And I'll start first because uh, I feel like I've had a great week for a few reasons. It was just a good week, but I played a really fantastic gig last night with the orchestra that I play in, and it was just, uh, it was great. It was sweaty. We were rocking out, uh, ripped a few solos, kissed a few babies. It was great. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. So that was a highlight of my week. Callum, what was the highlight of your week? Um... I would honestly say, because I was there, the gig I was watching, uh, I would probably say watching you play was, was the highlight as well. It's the first gig that I think I've, I've been to. I've played a gig, but the first gig that I've been to since, like, pre-COVID. So it was, it was well worth it. It was a, a massive sound. So uh, really enjoyable. Lots of prog elements and stuff like that, which I really enjoy. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That was the highlight. What about you, Jack? Um, very funny the highlight of my week has actually been actually being able to finally get a weekend. I've like had the past, <laughs> the past probably three or four weekends of just sort of working both days. So I had both, uh, all of my students, in fact, all of them on the weekend basically came up and said, uh, I'm doing my Christmas shopping this week. So going to have to cancel. And I was just like, that is great. I can wake up late on Saturday. I don't get to do anything. <laughs> so yeah, do you know what? Just having a bit of time out as well. And so just getting back to the instrument a little bit for myself as well, because it's something that, um i sort of struggled to factor in in the past few months it's just some time for me to sit and rather kind of you know either for content or for lesson stuff or for students or that sort of thing so yeah definitely getting some time to um to just settle and, and, and do that it's been it's been nice nice that's almost a perfect segue into the next question but uh, we're not going to go there just yet i want to say two things first the first is if you are interested in hearing the band that was pluma they're called a the tinderbox orchestra and they're really cool. They're releasing a new album uh, soon with a singer called Catherine Joseph. And we're playing in Glasgow at the Royal Concert Hall on the 29th of January. So you're all welcome if you're in Scotland. Come and see us. And the other thing is, if you want to support the podcast, make sure you get one of these swaggy tops that we're all repping right now. And Callum, do you want to give a quick whirl of the, the mug just so that you can see what they can get their hands on? Oh yeah, guitar fuel. So if you want to practice in style, you know where to go. The link is in the description. All right. Without further ado, today's question came in from Mr. Johnny Oakley on Instagram. And Johnny has asked us a question that is uh, worded as such. Have you ever found that guitar playing had become a chore and something that you no longer enjoy? Or had it always felt like a hobby you can monetize? A hobby you can monetize almost sounds too good to be true. <laughs> and I tell you, that's sometimes how I feel when I sit down at the end of the week, maybe like Jack has, and I'm like, I just made a week's worth doing what I love. And I think the problem with me in that is because I love my work so much, I find it quite easy just to keep going and keep going and keep going. And it doesn't feel like a chore until I'm like, honestly, four months into like working seven days a week. And I'm like, I should take a break and I feel burnt out. And I think this time of the year is particularly nice for me. And I'm sure you guys can share this uh, thought that 
it's like a forced time off. You might you might still teach like a wee bit around around the holiday season, but you know, generally from Christmas I'll I'll take about a week off at least and it's a good time to reconnect to the instrument and even just maybe not play for a few days as well and just get away from the instrument. I think that's super important. But anyway, I think it'd be good to open up the discussion a wee bit before we kinda get get too into my uh my ideas. <laughs> Anybody want to take the dance floor? Yeah, it's like um I do I do get what you mean about that kind of like forced time off sort of thing. I think the hardest thing for me was uh when I graduated is sort of getting into the headspace that what you do and what you enjoy and you know your passion if you like ha- is something that has to be monetized if you want to do it because there's nothing wrong with coming off an arts degree or whatever it is and finding that really your relationship to music is not as I say serious um in this context serious perhaps as 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 you want it to you know be the thing that that makes you be able to pay bills or to buy things or to go places or whatever. So your livelihood, really. For you to kind of discover, actually, do you know what? Maybe it's just something that's a hobby that's, you know, it's a great creative outlet. It's something that I can kind of enjoy with others and it's it's useful for the skills that, that, that I've learned from it. There's nothing really wrong with that at all. But I think for me, there was an understanding of I have to do it. I, just, I have to do it. There's no other, there's no other thing that I, I really want to do. Anything else feels like a substitute. And so as hard as it is, the thing that you have to develop when you make that choice to monetize something that you enjoy so much and something that's very dear to you is, um, yeah, is getting into the headspace of, okay, this is your livelihood now. And so you have to treat it that way. You have to go about it sort of, um, and it's, it's going to sound strange because I'm about to contradict myself, but you have to treat it very much as a nine to five. And weirdly enough, here's the contradiction in the music world. We don't really have nine to fives. Like I'll find myself working before nine and then I'll absolutely be working after five as well some days and then um sometimes sometimes it's like that for say four or five days a week sometimes it's like that beyond that as well and i think when you when you factor in that relationship you enter a headspace and it's something that's really it's something to watch out i think for if you are if you are a creative who you know you love what you do you want to monetize what you do perhaps you want to sell paintings or you want to you know be a session musician or what you know whatever it is um that you do that's creative that you want to monetize it's knowing that you sort of have to develop a headspace for how you treat it during the week. Because if you treat it as your nine to five during the week, then you've got to, you know, you get up, you wear the uniform, you know, you you, you get into it. And, and that's what it is, whether it's, you know, any kind of um, any kind of profession like that. But also the hard thing being how you step back from that. But I'm sure we'll get on to that today. Yeah, I was I just want to ask you both a question, actually. So I was teaching someone the other day who's also a teacher and he told me. Oh, what was it he said? I think we were talking about this exact topic about like struggling to make sure we actually take time off. And he was saying that he he has a work phone that he'll only let his students contact through that phone. And I was like, that's genius. Even though it's like the most basic thing ever. It's like you're doing your tax return. It's like, what are my expenses? Do I have a phone that's just for work? You know? And so this guy has a phone that he'll turn off at, I don't know, say when he finishes at 8 p.m. He'll turn it off and he won't won't think about it at all. Does anybody use that approach or has anybody considered that? I don't personally because my clientele are from all around the world. So 8 p.m. is like fine for me. But if I'm teaching people or people who are interested in, you know, say studying with me from, say, Singapore or from Thailand or whatever, that's maybe not a kind of a, you know, a great time for them. Or say, you know, actually more appropriately and more accurately, say the West Coast of the U.S. Um, it's not really great for me just suddenly logging off at that time. So. I think the thing is, like, when you diversify your modes of, of, of 
how you are contacted, you sort of have to divide things like, you know, an email address for your business stuff and your email for your personal and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like I really like the idea. I really like the concept of having a work phone. But I think practically when you're dealing with the world, I don't think it's possible for me at least. No, I, I think it would be possible because I'm the exact same as you and that I teach people all over the place. But it's more about protecting yourself because it's like, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I get an inquiry at 10 p.m. and I'm like chilling, hanging out with someone, I'm like, I'm not going to answer it. Like, I'm not that desperate for students that I need to stop and answer them right now. Uh, I feel like, for me, that would be an unhealthy relationship to my work. And I've been there many times. Callum, what do you think about that? I'm definitely on a similar boat. I think um, that ability to clock off is is super, super beneficial for the long term, especially. Um, but I find myself, you know, just as you said, like, experiencing that almost need to just kind of get to the get to the question that maybe a student's asked or um, like a consultation or just anything like that. Just sometimes you feel kind of obligated, especially if kind of going back to that, that question, um, you think that you're like, you enjoy the chore. That's the thing. It's like, you've got chores, but you, you actually kind of enjoy the chore at the same time. So I do feel that way about it. It's kind of funny that it's like, it's, it's both worlds. It's kind of both like it is a chore. And that's because we've passed a certain point where it's like, we got interested initially because we had a love for it or we just enjoyed it um but then the monetizing it is that chore it's like you now you're equivalent of nine to five i don't feel like it is like that at all like as you were saying jack um because it just feels like as a musician you can kind of have anything going on from nine to nine any day of the week and that can it can be maybe quite consistent for a while but it could totally change and i think that's what makes it quite exciting as well is that sometimes you don't know what's around the corner um and sometimes you can just be in a new line of work and that's that's you for like another another six months um so i definitely i feel both for sure yeah i think your point about like loving the chore or just even realizing that there is a chore element to any job is so important because i'm sure people who aren't uh professional musicians they have this romanticized idea what is to be a musician full-time and I honestly, hand on heart, would say it lives up to the hype. But I would also say that people don't realize like the adult stuff you have to do. Like, well, doing a tax return, for example, you know, Jeremy's coming. We all have to, I'm sure, do a tax return then. And um, if you've not already done it. And, you know, that's a big piece of admin that they didn't prepare you to do in uni when you're studying to become a musician or whatever. And yeah, there are menial tasks like having to respond to emails and phone up people and chase people for money which is like the worst part of my job i absolutely hate when someone doesn't pay and i've got to bother them it's like oh can you send your money please you know what i mean um so yeah i think a lot of people maybe do have a romanticized idea what it is to be a musician uh for work and it's important to realize that there is an element of chore in every job that you do you just gotta learn to love it and i think callum um i know that we've spoken a lot about little things that we can do to like automate certain sides of that to make it a little bit easier. And Jack, I know that you have, or it seems to me that you have a positive relationship with like going to a cafe to do a wee bit of work, like admin or whatever. And that's something that I try to do to make it a little bit less of a chore. Because if you go to a nice coffee shop and, you know, get some nice coffee or whatever it is you're doing, go for lunch, just sit and like get that invoice done whilst you're in a different environment. And I find that can be quite, in fact, very useful. Like tomorrow, I know that I've got to do this 
big lump of stuff that I don't really want to do. And I'm like, well, what cafe am I going to? Because that will make it better, undoubtedly. Cafe, do you want to... Cafe? I was going to... Sorry, Jack, I was going to call you Cafe there. <laughs> I was going to ask if you could share some uh, insight into your Cafe Nero sessions and how they work. Yeah, my Cafe Nero sessions. Anybody who knows me knows that, like, Cafe Nero is my spiritual home as well. So I just... I get so much done in there as well. It's... um, But it does come from that place, like you're saying, from being able to uh realize that you when you're a musician you're sort of always in the office your office isn't you know this small enclosed space in which you have a desk and you say hi to debbie the receptionist every day you know it's not that <laughs> it's quite funny to think about um what a mental picture that is but it's not that and the unfortunate thing is your 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 office is the mindset that you always seem to find yourself in as a musician which is either how do i monetize something what work do I need to get done? As you say, Reese, you know, whether it's, you know, the adult things, if you like, or the boring things like your, your admin in terms of tax returns, in terms of how you market yourself, all of those sort of things. There are things that are constantly on your mind. And I think one thing I absolutely struggled with for such a long time was trying to sort of log off, just mentally logging off from a lot of that stuff. And I still find that hard from time to time, because again, this is my passion. This is the thing I love to do. Um, but it's also the thing that I know that I for me to continue loving it over the long term and feeling passionate about it, I have to measure myself against it. So the way in which I uh, simply take time out of the office, if you like, which is what my Cafe, Cafe Nero adventures are, are simply just getting out of the office and saying, okay, if I've got a bunch of stuff that doesn't really need me to beat the instrument for, which a lot of it really doesn't, say it's designing lessons or it's content planning or or whatever it is, then I can sit and do that stuff elsewhere. And so I sit and I I actively make time that I can put all of that non-musical stuff into a day or a couple days and then find a time to say, okay, so I'm compromising on the work I'm doing, but I'm also compromising on where it is that I'm doing it. Because if I'm doing it somewhere that's, you know, nice to be, get a nice coffee here and there, get, you know, a um, bit of sunshine because, you know, I definitely need it. <laughs> but, you know, it really, it really changes the work environment and it also changes your mindset as well. Like we probably talked about it in a practice episode, but the idea of your mindset being very much connected to the place that you're in, it's super important to just change the place you're in because obviously inadvertently or advertently, however you do it, you change your mindset as well. Nice. Yeah, I think um, I was going to say similar thing with the mindset thing. Um, I always just, uh, sometimes I'll say to students like, you know, you go into the kitchen because you're cooking food. You go into your workplace because you're you're working or you can completely go away from home and go to somewhere that has zero distractions or it's like you don't have any of the things that you can normally do at home because you're in a coffee shop so it's like you're kind of it makes that makes the road a lot more narrow in terms of um uh maybe possibly having distractions like if you find that you get distracted easily coffee shops are great or any kind of outside space that way is great um i was going to kind of segue into something else there that i thought was maybe quite important to note about this like monetizing the hobby um I think sometimes creatives and artists and things can actually find it difficult to value themselves as well. Um, I think that's something that maybe it just it sprung up there in my in my mind. But um, it's definitely two sides to that. There's two sides to that thing that you have to get good at. It's like it's a skill. It's like you have to get good at your musical skill, but you also kind of need to learn partially how to be a bit of like a an entrepreneur in the music world. Um, so it's it's definitely i think if you feel like you maybe don't have that you need to find a way to maybe hone that skill 
I'll, pa- I'll quickly, um, I'm going to pass it on because I just realized my charger is not in and my laptop is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honing those skills. I would say that I'm just sort of trying to tag off the end of what Callum said. There. I didn't have much to add, but I do think it is important. And I think actually us three, this is something that we've all worked on for the past couple of years, maybe is like realizing that we do need to become good advertisers as much as like a good musician. Cause honestly, like nowadays you kind of have to be online, you know, it's like, if you're not online, you're, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> you're missing out. You really are. Cause I mean, we probably wouldn't even be as connected as we are if it wasn't for online doing this podcast for you right now. Like I only really know Jack because of Instagram and I know Callum because we, well, we probably should have known each other before this, but we actually linked up on Instagram, right? And that was our initial point of contact. And you've got to realize that to be a musician in this day and age is to be a content creator. It is to be an entrepreneur to some entrepreneur. When I say that word, I always think of, I always say to Kaylee, yeah, entrepreneur, manure. And so whenever I say that word, I just feel awkward because I'm thinking about horse manure. Um... But yeah, you got to realize that you you have to you have to have a couple of different suits, and one of them is being a guitarist and being really good at that, you know. Um, but yeah, Jack, I think you were gonna say something there. Yeah, absolutely. On on that very thing that you said, where it's like realizing that you yeah, obviously you know if you want to do what you're doing, you have to monetize your skill and you have to find ways of doing that. But it's also realizing that you you can't just rely on one skill. You have to do lots of different things that. Um, perhaps might add to your skill set so that you're able to do things because you know all three of us we don't just kind of play the guitar we do all kinds of things we we teach as well we copyright we we obviously do the podcast as well we do all sorts of things that although some of them um perhaps are not monetized all the time they all factor into potential skills that are useful at some point either for self-marketing or for jobs that you pick up as well and so yeah the hard thing really to realize is and the music school as you said Reese, just doesn't really teach you it's obviously the the adult stuff of what it means to put yourself into the mindset or into the bracket of being okay i am a professional musician this is what i do or, or a teacher or whatever this is what i do everything else is then you know a, a, a component of that business world or whatever it is that you want to call it that entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurship if you like um sorry bringing the cows home there but yeah it's 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 very much like that it's like i'll take a bow there for that for that in just perfect perfect pun pun uh play there but yeah realizing that like everything that you then do sort of has a role in both how you market yourself and the skills that you have to share as well so i think the thing that sucks and this is always going to be the case whether you are a professional musician or you are semi-pro or you just do it for fun it's just you know your thing that you relax to is that you are going to find times that you just don't want to play guitar. And you know, Reese, you and I talk about this all the time as well, about just falling out of love with the instrument and just thinking like, it just it feels like a chore. It feels like a chore to teach, it feels like a chore to play. You have to ride it out and you also have to have other things that you sort of lean on that either are a bit more enjoyable, they're a bit different, whether it's, you know, writing music's not so bad or whether it's just simply um, being able to kind of switch off from that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a ride. <laughs> There was a point that you said about um, the whole process of going to school and specializing. And I think that if you come through that route, you will, you'll come out as a specialist in something. That's generally what happens when you go to uni. Um, At least that's 
how I think it worked. And it's funny because in that first two years or something, you know, I came out and I was like, this is what I'm doing. And if I was to draw up what I'm doing now on like a piece of paper and what I thought I would have been doing when I was in my last year at uni, nothing, I don't even think I'm doing a single thing that I thought would have been doing other than like teaching people. I always thought it'd be cool to do that and I love teaching. So um, I'm doing that. But the the kind of point there is to keep your work diversified as well. You know, I'm doing so many different things with music. It's not like I just sit and teach melodic minor scale for 40 hours a week, you know? It's like there's so many other things I'm doing. There's workshops, there's performing, there is the one-to-one -one teaching thing as well. There's this podcast and so many other bits and bobs that you find yourself roped into uh, just randomly. And my advice off the back of that is to try new things. You know, I know Callum's just about to propel himself in a scary situation by trying to learn all the music for this orchestra I was just talking about on piano, which isn't even his first instrument. And I think when you take risks like that, that's when the chore becomes like, I feel like the reward for that chore of learning music is so big or learning music in that situation. It's like, well, you know, you're going to play this big gig. You'll be part of some new project and yeah, just take risks and try new stuff always. Yeah, I just want to um, say something uh, brief, briefly, not briefly, um, watch something quite recently um, on another podcast. I think it was Joe Rogan and it was, I can't remember who was on. Um, Ask Jamie, he'll, he'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but basically there was this, uh, uh, it was specifically about creatives, um, which I thought was interesting and used the analogy of, you know, you're going up, um, say something like Mount Everest and you find like three quarters of the way up that your path comes to a dead end and you can't reach the summit, you can't reach the top. Creatives are so much more likely to start from scratch. The likelihood of them being able to start from scratch all over again and just do something from the complete beginning is a lot higher than people that just are in creatives, which is really interesting. Um, and I think that that ties in perfectly with what you said, Reese, is that like, don't be afraid to start new things. Like it's just like specifically starting new things. I think that's what keeps things fresh, but it also keeps everything moving in terms of that entrepreneurial kind of side as well, and just expanding your your work. I just wanted to kind of add that in. I thought it was um, a nice, important little note, especially for creatives. I think creatives will enjoy hearing that for sure. Sorry, Jack, you go first. You had your your hand up before me. I just wanted to say that. That's okay. Just on that topic then, Callum, um, you've reminded me of something that is really, really important. Whilst it is it's really great to it's really great to try new things and just get involved in stuff that you actually don't know if you have the skills for yet, or perhaps you develop down the road. Um I don't know why, but it made me think of something that I've actually learned this year that is very poignant, I suppose, for me at the moment. It's very important. And that simply is like for me. I can get very caught up in all the other stuff that's away from playing and from writing. And, you know, I can get caught up in all this other stuff for working for other people or just doing stuff that's outside of what it is that, you know, the reason I'm doing this in the first place. And I think what I've learned is that for me to recenter myself, I have to continually develop my, developing my own personal relationship with the guitar. I've got to do it. So I've got to sit down with it. I've got to treat it as like, an interesting time for me. I've got to get into that headspace of being like a child, really, and exploring it and, and, and enjoying it and finding the things I like about it and getting frustrated with it. I have to continue that relationship with it because 
ultimately, if I don't continue that fire, if you like, it doesn't pass on to all the other things that are going on in my life that are inspired by that curiosity for my passion. So I think on one side, whilst yes, it, if you want to do it for a living, it's important to monetize it and to find, say, several different ways or streams to monetize it. Sure. Great. Fine. But there also comes a point where you have to be doing it for the right reasons and the right reasons are actually not monetary at all. Because I'm sure that all, all three of us here, to the listener hopefully, whether you are a budding professional musician or perhaps you already are one, um, is that there's a lot that you have to do for free anyway. There's a lot that you have to do, whether that's networking, whether it's doing favors for people, whether it's turning up to gigs, whether it's spending money to go and see people, to go and shake hands or whatever. Whatever it is that gets you a foot in the door for, and I suppose this is the case with you know any sort of walk of life really in any profession, but the point sort of being that you have to value something more than the monetary, the monetary value that it may give you or that could give you or that it will. And so for me, the thing that I've really learned over the past year especially is that I have to work on maintaining my personal relationship with the instrument because that's what gets me out of bed. It also inspires me to do A, B, C, D, any other kind of form of work. It inspires me to do the podcast as well, so... Nice one. Well, Johnny Oakley, thank you so much for sending this question. I think that, um, yeah, we really enjoyed that. I think the initially we, we had a discussion. We weren't quite sure about how we were going to tackle this, but I feel like it really kind of, it all uh, came into fruition. It was, yeah, really engaging question. So thank you so much, Johnny, for sending that in. And if you're listening and you would like to send us a question, send us a message on Instagram or leave a comment on our YouTube uh, videos we'll, we'll see all the comments and we reply to them all um yeah and remember if you want to support the podcast check out our merch store which is linked in the description wherever you're listening to this right now cool all right we'll have a good week and we shall see you next time